Welcome to the Building a Life Legacy podcast. My name is Lisa Gregoria, and I am so glad you're here. For 30 years, I was a elementary school PE teacher. And yes, we had a blast. I had a great time with all my kids, and it was super fun to see those kids grow up and then become the parents of my next generation kids before I retired. It was awesome. But I had a class size of ranging from about 60 to about 110. And when we'd be all spread out in the gym, we were in rows and columns with about six feet apart, which was great for doing activities, jumping rope, exercising, and all that, the regular PE classes. But when I had to really have them listen and I would explain something, I would bring them up close to me and I'd usually sit down on a bucket or a chair in front of them. And the kids loved it. They called it story time. And so that was our special time. And sometimes I just told stories about something silly that happened the week over the weekend or the night before. Or I would tell something about health. I would teach a lesson or I would let allow them to share or I would explain what was coming up next in our PE class. So if I said, okay, come on up for story time, the kids would scoot in and they'd sit on their seats and they'd look at me and kind of quiet down and be ready to listen. So friends, it's story time. Come on up. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so glad you guys are here today. And I'm super duper excited because this is first, my first time to have a guest. And second of all, it's my bestie from college. And third, I'm sitting at her house and I'm in Florida and I'm at a pool on her back patio looking out onto a golf course, which looks out onto a lake. It's the most beautiful view that you could get. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce one of my college besties, Patty. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad you're here and enjoying yourself. Well, here's the deal, friends. Patty and I are going to laugh and we're going to cry <laughs> and we're facing each other. And so that's going to make it worse. And so if we start giggling or crying, you're just going to have to bear with us. But if you listen to Building a Life Legacy podcast, you know that I'm very passionate when I talk about stuff that I love. And so it leaks out of my ear, out of my eyes and down my face. The passion does. So you guys have bared with me for that. So here we go. So Patty, um, we're going to start with how we met. You go. We met at Kansas State University the first day of sorority rush. Um, I decided that year to be a rush counselor because my sister was going to go through rush and I did not want to be on the choosing side of the whole equation when she was going through. I wanted her to have a clean slate, clean be able slate. to look at every house, not have me there you know, making judgments or, or trying to pull for her. And um, so I decided to be a rush counselor. And I remember meeting you right away. Um, Lisa has a large personality, matches <laughs> mine, which is why we get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, just, we hit it off immediately. 
immediately. Like there was just no hesitation. We were our, laughing immediately. Yes, it so. was. And I was nervous. I, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I didn't decide to do Rush. I don't even think they call it that anymore. They I think don't. it's called recruitment. Recruitment, yeah. Okay. So you young people, it's recruitment, sorority recruitment. But I did not decide to do Rush until like literally like 10 days prior to because and then I had friends that were doing it and I had run into them and they said, you're going to do this. Do you have your clothes ready? And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, "Okay, sure. Why not? And my mom had a friend, her best friend from college, who was actually a KD. And so she knew about it through a friend, but neither of my parents were involved in in sororities or fraternities so i was like yeah sure whatever so i show up with my orange pinto and my bags of stuff and i meet you first and it was okay i can do this because she's pretty cool and (laughs) i want to be like her and everything so we went through the rush process and there was tears and laughter and i remember we went you took us out to the Sigma New Hill and we rolled down, rolled down the Sigma the hill. New Hill <laughs> and we got flowered and showered and yes. I was like, what is happening? What is happening right now? And it was so crazy college things that we did. And then I ended up choosing through the rush process KD and I did not know that that you were a KD because right. that was part of the That's deal. part of the deal. You didn't, um, you couldn't reveal that mm-hmm. to sway our decisions and then when I found out that day and I was like, oh, yeah, this was definitely meant to be. And we cried and we hugged cried. <laughs> and then went over to the house and, you know, got to do the rest. And then you were once we got to the house, you were in charge of us. Yes. At the time, it was called Pledge Trainer. Right. Which they would never call it that now. It's right. um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that they would, that they called when we were growing up that they would never call now. When I say these things to my daughters, who were both in Greek life when they were in college, um, they're now 24 and 28, they, they, they say, Mom, that is so cringy. That is cringy AF, Mom. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. It's the language that we used. We didn't think anything of it. It wasn't like I was, you know, training you. Like, I wasn't mean or anything. Right. And like, you you know, there's quotes out there from Maya Angelou that says, when you learn better, do better. Yes. Yes. Well, obviously, we didn't know any better back then. No. And it all stems from, unfortunately, the change in the language all stems from some incidences where people were stupid. Right. With... Right. With Greek life and with organizations where there was someone in charge of new people coming in, they did dumb things to them that harmed them and belittled them. And we never did that anyway, but all of the language had to change as a result. And so now a pledge counselor is called a ROGAM, um, Recruitment Guide. I think it stands for Recruitment Guide. Um, Well, that makes sense. Right. So they just changed the language to things that were less... um, you know person already in greek life person joining it was more inclusive so which there's no harm in that no harm there isn't and and like she said you when you know better you learn better and then you do better and then i don't feel like we have to apologize for that oh no because that's just the way the words were back then yeah you know and it, it wasn't 
like I didn't feel bad. I don't think anybody else felt bad. That's just what that person was called. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, cringy as far as <laughs> 20 now. some year olds right. say. But you can't, but... With everything, you can't put a, a lens of now on, on your glasses and look at something because, you know, we do everything differently. So, you know, I mean, just everything we look back at hairstyles and what we wore oh my and gosh. it's like oh my goodness I can't believe we thought that was cool and so it's the same thing for language it's the same thing for organizations it's the same thing for how we treat people it's it it wasn't bad it was just right what it was it, right and we evolved and we we changed the language we changed the way we deal with it and we move on but exactly. to, to then go back and judge someone that was you know and in college 20, 30, 40, I don't want to talk about how many years ago, right. you know, then and had graduated. Yeah. So you can't, you cannot, you cannot judge someone for that. And, and I feel like we do that a lot. Now we, we look back and we judge when Unfortunately, really we have to be, yeah. we have to be more understanding and, uh, and understand you and I didn't make the rules. We didn't make up the names no. and we didn't, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't lord it over you that I was pled trainer. I wanted you to join. I wanted you to succeed. Right. I wanted you to be part of the group. So I was teaching you the right. ways of the sorority and the rules and the, you know, the tradition, the, the history, the, right. the, everything. And so, you know, and also, you know, I was in charge of making sure you were going to class and you were studying and you were all the yeah. things so that you could have a successful okay, college Okay, we're going to pause right there. Yeah. So there was this one time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so there was this one time. When um, I was taking a class, biology. Oh, my goodness. And for some reason, I thought the biology final that I needed to really get a good grade on to pass the test because I was not a biology major, but I had to have that for prerequisites for the next step. I had to do really well. And I thought it was the following Thursday or whatever. And it was the next day. Oh, my goodness. I so remember this. So... <laughs> You, being straight A 4.0 student who could learn anything by reading it once. Yeah. And that's the way you've been your whole life. I have a good memory. Yeah. She, like, you literally studied with me, learned what I needed to know for the test, and taught it to me mm -hmm. in a way that I could remember. And I still remember in your Subaru driving me. And dropping me off a test and you said, do not leave that test until you know that you have an 82%, which yes. means you have X number, let's just say 47, correct. Yes, I do told you. Do not leave that test. Run down that test and make sure. Do not leave that test yeah. until you know that you have 47, correct. Yes. Or just keep sitting there and trying to figure it out. So I was scared to death and we had literally stayed up all night mm -hmm. and... And you had learned whatever it was that I needed to learn for biology, which is not a class that you ever had um, to take. I'm an English and theater major, people. <laughs> <laughs> and learned everything and drove me there. And that was probably my sophomore year, maybe. I think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. And, oh my gosh, I will still never forget that. And yes, people... I passed the class. Yes, she did. I passed the class. Yes, and did. it was fantastic. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh. So then there was this other time. So I could keep going. <laughs> Remember when, back when we were in the sorority and you could take a pledge sneak? Oh, yes. 
a pledge sneak. <laughs> now they now they're like, first of all, we don't call them pledges. We would never do a sneak. <laughs> right. But yes. We right. could do a pledge sneak and they were fun. They were fun. <laughs> and some pledge sneaks were like you would go to the neighboring university that had your sorority. Yeah. And you would visit and stay there and the pledge class would stay there for the weekend or whatever and then leave. Well, the closest neighboring university to us was the University of Colorado. Yep. So <laughs> we snuck away on a Friday afternoon and drove and not we, your, at that time, boyfriend. Yes, my future husband. Your future husband drove us in a bus that he had to get, didn't he have to go get yes. a bus license for? He did, for? actually. He, I, said, I said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to pickle here. I got to get these girls to Colorado. I got to get 26, oh. 26, 28, something like that. Girls to Colorado. <laughs> and um, none of them are old enough to drive a rental car. <laughs> what am right. I going to do? And we can't fly. And so I said, would you be willing to? And he went and got the book, took the test, got his bus driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> and drove us across Kansas, through western Kansas. Oh, oh my goodness. And it was cold it was and cold. snowy because mm -hmm. it was in, I don't know, the winter time. It was winter, yeah. Because well, yeah. it was toward the end of your first semester. It was right, right before so you were going to be initiated. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was probably Des December. December. Early December, I bet. Before, yeah, maybe, or yeah. Late, late November, because I know it wasn't during finals. No. So no. It, maybe it was late November or something, but yeah, it was cold, and there was snow on the ground when we got there, and that was a hoot. Um, yeah. That was a really fun trip. We, yeah, Chip, my, my husband Jim and I talk about that, actually, some of the memories and how much fun that was and some of those girls and wonder what they're up to. And, you and know, yeah, yeah, that trip stands out yes, as a does. road trip that goes down in infamy. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. fun. I remember trying to find potty stops when, you know, with 28 girls and no one always has to, no one has to go to the bathroom at the same time. No. <laughs> so, we stopped at every McDonald's, I, I know. think, between here and between yes, there yes. and there. And I'd say, listen, just try. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a mother of toddlers. She just was such a mom. try to go. <laughs> you know, that's what became you a good cheer mom. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Because then later in your life, you were a cheer mom. I was wrangling girls from the beginning. <laughs> you were. You were wrangling yeah. all of us. Yeah. Well, my husband and I would do charity bike rides um, with neighbors and friends and and I got the nickname of Mother Hen because yeah. I was always, does anyone need to go potty? We're getting ready to take off. You know, we're going to be on the trail now for 14 miles. <laughs> and so I got the nickname Mother Hen. They always put that on my shirt or whatever. Well, that's just my personality. If we needed a Band-Aid or a tampon or yep. anything, <laughs> Patty had it. I did. She I, had it in her bag. Yes. The, hold the, on. I have one of the, hold on. Uh, I have that. The owner of the gym um, that my girls did all-star cheer, uh, if someone was looking for something, they'd say, fine. She'd say, fine, Patty. And they'd come running through the crowd and find me, and I'd dig in my backpack, and sure enough, I'd You'd have find it. find something. It was always crazy. I, it was what I had in that backpack, so. Crazy. Always prepared. <laughs> so then, after we were in the sorority, I started on the rowing team. Yep. And then you were like, wait, what? No, we, were, we were at registration. You had done yes. it for a semester, and then we went to yes. registration, and coach walks up and says, have you ever been in a boat? And me. you were like, what? what? Yeah, because I started in the fall. Yes. And yes. you came on yep. it in mid-semester, yep. in the mid-year. Mm -hmm. And we were on the rowing team together. And those were... Oh, man. Oh, man, that made college. Yes. It yes. made college. I know. I mean, the sorority was my home, I have to say. 
And it, it for me, because I moved so much growing up, it was it was nice to go to the same home. I know kids now in college, especially the girls, live in one year. I know, and I think and that's weird. I know, and and I I I so appreciated going back to the same house, same place every year. I mean, I moved out, you know, after my senior year, and I would have stayed another year. I did add a minor to my degree, yeah, because my husband was in engineering and had another year. But I, you know, I moved out, but I missed it. I, I that that sense of home. But the rowing team was my family. Oh, like just hundred percent, just like people that I could count on. I mean, oh, you know, the, the guys you could just count on them to do anything. I always had Jim. I did always have Jim, and he was always coming to the rescue of me, all my girlfriends. You know, flat tires. Oh, for sure. You know, lock, for keys sure. locked in the car. But these guys would be like, you know, I need to move my bed. I need to, move, you know, you'd have muscle right. guys have over in no time. Ten yeah. guys there. Yeah. Yeah. That would whatever. And I always felt safe in, in Aggieville because every place you entered, you saw one of the guys from the team and you knew that if someone was giving you grief, you could just look over the room and give them the eye, you know, give them a look and they'd come over and, you know, just step in like, hey, and take over. And or, I just always felt I don't safe. know, that one time when we were... <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> when... <laughs> Maybe sometimes we were not so smart, but so that one time when um, I was um, we were playing flag football. Oh, okay. And then we were going to Charlie's afterwards, and I may or may not have been slightly underage to um, be holding a pitcher of beer. Yes, and sure enough, tap tap on my shoulder, and I mean we had just gotten there. Yes, just just walked in the door, Mm -hmm. and. Tap, tap, and there's the police officer saying, um, ma'am, where's your ID? And I was like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't use that word. And so we're, <laughs> this guy right behind me just, just trying to shoot out of the, oh. out of the bunker, oh, the sand, sand bunker, and he sand had a terrible shot. Oh, poor thing. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a good view. So anyway, um. I got tapped on the shoulder and I turned around and as I'm walking back up the stairs, there is Mitch Muma. Oh yeah. The captain of the men's varsity team. And I felt about tiny mm-hmm. because I was going to be in trouble because, you know, I was going to get a minor in possession then. And so I was not where I was supposed to be. I knew I was going to get in trouble by mom and dad, mm-hmm. especially dad. Well, and mom would be very disappointed. Uh, I didn't know what was what kind of fines I was going to have to pay. But when I turned around and there was the captain of the varsity rowing team looking at me, I was like, wow, I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. So I walked up the steps and I turned around and there he was right behind us. And a couple other guys were with him. And I'm going to make sure Mitch listens to this. Yeah. And I walked up those stairs and I was boohooing. Mm-hmm. And there he was standing right there, made sure I got home, talked me through the whole process, was not like, oh, you're off the team. You're going to be in so much. Never. Yeah. Was right there, made sure I got home. I wasn't drunk. I hadn't had anything to drink at yeah. this point. Most of the time we didn't because we were supposed no, to we stay dry, sp- but we went out where everybody was. Right. Yeah. And so, and I remember I was holding this while people got their stuff mm-hmm. and whatever, and I got in trouble. I wasn't, I was not supposed to be there. Right. So I got in trouble. I still remember that. And man, he was like a lifesaver. But it was great because you're right. That was the family. Yeah. yeah. It was the family. I remember the trip down to Texas to practice in the winter before the regatta in Austin. 
Yeah. And um, it was really bad. You and I drove the truck, the truckster, <laughs> with, the, with the food, the kitchen yes. for the week. Yes. And we were the chefs for the week. And, and then the team came down later. And then we were all on our way back up. Uh-huh. And we hit that terrible ice storm. Do you remember that? No, no, because that's when you went down and I didn't because oh, that was in the right. summer. That's I right. mean, that was in the winter, winter. Right. and you went and let's see, Cindy was there yeah. and a bunch yeah. of them were there. That's right. But I didn't go because that's when you guys had to heat up rocks and put yes, them in your we were sleeping putting them bags. In our sleeping bags. We had to take a, there was no working water in the campground because it was so cold, record cold, they'd turned the water off. Yeah. So we were trying to clean ourselves in the lake in the boat dock and oh my goodness, that was a crazy trip. So, but, the, but I remember the guys just stepping in, taking care of us. And then, you know, we, we ended up, a, a gentleman at the lake took care, took us in for the night because it was snowing unexpectedly. Yeah. We had tents and everything. Oh my gosh, that trip was crazy. Yeah, that that's crazy because... Trip. We stopped at my parents' house on the way back, oh, and yes. everybody slept on the floors mm-hmm. at my parents' house, which I know happened at your parents' house a, lot a couple of times. of times. My mom made biscuits and gravy for like 100 rowers the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that, because we were on the rowing team back when, before it was funded. scholarship yeah. and yeah. funded. Mm-hmm. So it was, the rowing team back then was um, recognized by the athletic department so we could compete. Right. Sanctioned. It was sanctioned, it was sanctioned but not, and recognized, yeah. but not funded. Right. So you and I both earned varsity letters mm-hmm. from K-State and we were legitimate varsity athletes. athletes and we had to follow all of the right. NCAA rules and everything, but we were not funded. So we funded first our parents yes, and fundraising and our pockets mm-hmm. and, so when we went to trips, it was literally our cars, yes, and we drove them. Or that one. Or sometimes we would have a re- a bus that we would rent. Yeah. Um. Sometimes we took. I remember one year we took the vans, like the school vans, and we had took like eight or nine of those because our teams were big. Oh I yeah. I mean, eighty kids. Oh, I know. A hundred kids. Yeah, there was I know there were at least a hundred when we stopped at my parents' house in Oklahoma City during the ice storm because my dad yeah. counted. He was like, yeah. there's a hundred people sleeping on the floor of our house. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, th- we had sleeping bags with us, thank goodness. Yeah. But, and yeah. your parents and my parents were like that. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, show up, we'll feed you. Yep. Yep. We'll, we'll figure let, it out. Yeah, even though there's 100 people in two bathrooms, we'll, we'll yeah. rotate through. <laughs> it's yeah. not a problem. We yep. can do it. Yep. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah. And how many thing, life lessons did we learn from those trips? Well, I... I, I showed you this morning. I have the, <laughs> so yes, I have the funniest little thing. I've told my girls this story. Um, we had uh, a particularly um, challenging race. We were going to the head of the Charles. I think it was the head of the Charles. I'm pretty sure. And it was, yes. it, so it was different for us. It was a river race and it was one of those three mile. Or head of the Des Moines. Head of the Des Moines. Des Moines. It might have been mm-hmm. the head of the Des Moines. And we, um, we, we were having some particularly challenging practices and, um, I had this pair of earrings, these <laughs> that I think I'd okay, got. Wait, wait, wait <laughs> for the, for the listeners. It was 1987. Yeah. Yeah. So think pair of earrings that a college girl would wear in 1987 ish. Yes. And I, I know that I bought them for a specific event. Like it was probably like a. <laughs> Luau. Tropical party, luau, luau type thing, mm-hmm. and they were these 
bunches of fruit that hung down. <laughs> so it was a, like a banana and, and grapes and a little orange and then the leaves and everything that hung down on your ears. They were the, the most hilarious. And they're plastic. The most hilarious earrings. They look like nerds. Yeah, that's what yeah, they, they look totally like. nerds. They look like a bunch of nerds, nerds hanging, hanging on an earring from an earring. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I had these earrings for something, and for some reason, we were in one of our silly moments, and I said something about these earrings, and we decided that they were going to be our inspiration. They yeah. were going to get us through all this tough training. Right. So I sat behind you in mm-hmm. the seven seat, and, and no. You were in the five seat because I was. I, hope, in the, I was in the five yeah, seat. Yeah, or that I, time. whatever. Yeah. Was I in the five seat? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I see was my in memory. Yeah. Uh huh. I was in mm-hmm. the seven seat. No, I was in the seven seat. You were in the six six seat. seat. I was yes. in the six seat. Okay, I was in the six seat. You were in the seven seat, and I had I took the little earring and I hooked it on your ponytail holder in your ponytail, <laughs> and I handed you one to hook onto the person, onto the in, person front of me. in front of her, and we said we're focusing on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit. (laughs) Don't think about the pain. Don't think about how tired you are. Don't think about the blisters on your hands. Focus on On the the fruit. fruit. (laughs) And our, well, our coach would get mad because if we would get frustrated and lean out a little bit Mm. or get mad, then the entire boat would tip. Yes. And that throws everything off if you lean out a little bit or look over to your towards your oar or look anywhere else you had to look forward yes so it was focus on the fruit focus on the fruit focus on the fruit so these races on the and a head race it's three miles so it's it's a good 20 some minutes yes and of solid rowing yes. for 20 some minutes with some with, power tens in there yeah. and all kinds of stuff solid yeah. where you had to stay focused on the fruit yeah. so i hadn't for, i had forgotten about the fruit and I mean, this was 30 some years yeah, ago. Exactly. And I, it's funny because I have put the fruit somewhere in my, in every, this is my third home since, <laughs> since school. Well, I had a condo in between, so four, fourth place to live. And I have hung the fruit somewhere, it, either where I'm getting ready or as I leave my bedroom so that I see it. I still have my earring and it is literally hanging on a, uh, from the edge of a tiny shelf as I step out of my bedroom in the morning. And, and it got hung up shortly after I moved here and it's just come with me forever. And it's my reminder that, that with focus, you can endure anything with, with faith and focus and the support of friends, you can endure anything and get through. And we've been through so much so together, much. <laughs> loss and love and just and loss again yes. and more love and so much laughter. Yep. We have children close to the same, the same ages. Age. Mm-hmm. So we've had children be born and we've lost parents and mm-hmm. unexpectedly and yeah, and it's just, yeah, we've just been through a lot together. We have one of those, we literally have one of those friendships that we, we may not see each other for five years and I opened the door and she's standing on my front porch and you would think that we just had coffee yesterday, yesterday. together because right. we just have that flow and we just step right back in yeah, and we start talking about our lives as if we've been together every day and, and we, there's never any... Um, you know, animosity, like, gosh, you didn't call me this. It's, There's never apologies. No, never, because we, we just, don't even have to send Christmas cards. No, I'm, no. I don't feel obligated to do 
the little things, but then there are moments where I pick up the phone, send you a text or shoot you a picture or yep. call you. Yep. And it's like, literally like we just talked yesterday. Right. We've constantly had this ongoing conversation. We've had a, a yeah. a year yeah. conversation that it. It, if you have a friend like this, I, you're blessed. You better you, you better hang on to that friend. Yes. So that's the next thing I'm gonna I'm gonna get to is, um, so our friendship started, and we kept it going. And then there's so many friends that in college or during a season that are your friends for a season that support you. Yes. And they're very important to uh, you. Absolutely. During that season. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of dwindle off and then you can reconnect and still have a good time and still have a great time. But then there's friends that are lifers. Yeah. And you are my lifer. Yeah. And you're stuck with me. (laughs) Yeah. When your parents died, I was one of your first calls. Yep. And I got in the car and drove 10 hours. Yep. To be there. Without question. And I mean, I dropped everything. I I was teaching then. I'm like, I have to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't a question of should I or let's make arrangements. It's like literally when I got the call, I got my bag out and throw stuff in it. Yep. And... When dad died, you, you did the same thing. I had a you plane. Were, I, I had a plane ticket three days away for, for a, a week long cheer competition. And I said to my husband, I'm buying another plane ticket. <laughs> I'm, I'm flying to Texas and I will be with Lisa. And then I will meet you all at there the, at the competition. There was no question. It wasn't, it no wasn't question. like, well, should I, or yeah. maybe I should or, yeah. or whatever. And then there's been those, you know, I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you were in my wedding and you oh, were um, like, Eight I think months. you were nine and a half months. I think I was. I felt nine and a half months pregnant <laughs> in Texas in what July? July. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So stupid. It, it, I, Shelby was born at the end of September, so right. I was I was approaching eight months because it was yeah. July. You were super. I pregnant. was huge. It was hot. You were so. Pregnant. I almost went down. Yeah. And we were shoving, literally shoved a fan up your dress. Yes. I have a photo of that. And my face so looks great. like a lobster. Oh man. Uh, but well, then, the fans, as I recall, the fans were blowing on us during the ceremony, and then right. someone decided that I don't know. Uh, the other side of the room was hot, and, and they turned the fan, the fan, and and it wasn't five minutes, and I was I was yeah, go almost gone. I was and, going, and if I do remember right, I was very, very, very married because there was a lot of pastors, and the service was very, very long. <laughs> yes. So, yes. but that didn't that didn't last, and you were right there. Yeah. Through my divorce and when we made that decision and through my kids, you were right there when my daughter came out. Yep. And love her. You were so supportive. And for me to get through that, because I knew that I could count on you to hold my hand through it. I didn't, I wasn't mad or angry or anything like that, but it was... A new realization. Yes. yes, it's something you have to. It's not not come to terms. Is not the words I want. It's no. something you have to un, unpack yeah. for yourself. And just any time something happens, you know, with your children, with your family, 
you ha- you have to have time to like take it in and 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 let it become your reality. And you know, losing my parents, yeah, that you know, I needed you there. I remember um, we were we left my mom's burial site and we stopped in, since it was outside. We stopped to go to the bathroom. And we had rented a van because the the funeral was in Topeka, Kansas, and the burial was in Manhattan, Kansas. And right. it's about an hour away. So we'd rented a van to get family, all the family and close friends into Manhattan right. and back. And we stopped to get gas. And you, when we were all going to the bathroom, <laughs> you bought a multi-pack of blow pops <laughs> <laughs> to lighten the mood. You got on the van and you said... Okay, now that all the sadness is over, everybody needs a good blow. <laughs> and my family just died, we died laughing. I'm and my fairly mother, certain my mother would have died laughing. I'm, she was laughing. I I'm guarantee fairly you. certain. I also had on what we used to call the Quaker bib. <laughs> I think we did have <laughs> the Quaker bib. <laughs> oh my gosh! Came out of the bathroom with the. the- uh, toilet liner thing that you can the put on the seat tissue you paper you don't want to touch over it over <laughs> my head like a bib because we used to do that the all the time pop. we'd mm. come out of the bathroom with the quaker bib <laughs> is there do i have something stuck on <laughs> me did oh, i step did on I, oh, oh no, it's, it's on me it's, on the, it's the quaker bib <laughs> now blank mind you just so you know it wasn't a used one no. it was one yeah. oh, no. from the fresh machine. from the package. fresh from the fresh pack. from the package yes <laughs> so yeah we've been uh, through yeah so yes many exactly things. so i i remember i do remember when you know with your daughter and and knowing that there was nothing different about her nothing right. was different and and nothing was going to change as far as love and family but it's still a a, something that you have to process process and walk through yes yes and then when you and then it's like well how do I say those words without him sounding weird yes and I wasn't going to judge you whatever you how do to I, say to me yeah how do I say oh my daughter's gay or oh my daughter has is going to have a wife or my daughter and those words were I I stumbled over those mm-hmm. words and you kept saying it's not different. No. She's not different. Nope. It's still Brittany. It's the same. Yep. Yep. So I had to like almost like we were practicing back in <laughs> when you had learned all my biology and you were teaching it to me. How how do I say those words without stumbling? Yeah. And then walk through that. And it was awesome, of course. And then when we're walking through those moments with your parents, with... um with my dad, with Brittany, with all the things, mm. with, you know, just being pregnant or just regular kid yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was never a judgment. It was, it was always, well, let me hold your hand and walk through this with you. Yeah. And then, oh, now we're good. Now I can let go of your hand now mm-hmm. and you can go do and I'll go do. Yep. And then I'll when we need to here. hold hands again, we can. Yeah. So, yeah, super great. So last summer, was it last summer? Yes. Last year and a half ago. Yes. I was shockingly in Florida. Why was I in Florida? Why was I here? Oh, oh you, when I was on vacation yeah, with Jeff. You, on, you retired. You retired. <laughs> yes, I yes. retired. So um, I was on vacation with Jeff and you had just moved here yes. to Florida. Yes. And I said, hey, we're going to go to a beach day. And you go, okay, we'll drive over an hour 
it's about an hour or so or whatever yeah. to get there and we'll have a beach day together. That'd be great. That'd be great. So we planned it and your sister was here. Mm-hmm. So, and your sister and I are the same age, Yes, but you and I, you are a little bit older yeah. than me, but we're not going to say that out loud. No, it's not. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so Jenny and I, way back when we went through, um, rush mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and that's when we met and blah, blah, even though she's not in the same sorority as us, which is fine. Yep. Um, anyway, so I've known Jenny, we were in your wedding together. So there's lots of times that we've been friends. So she was there when we were at the beach and I'd mentioned that, um, in a few months or in a, the next month or it, it was like six. Yeah. About, it was about like six, six weeks, weeks at later. Most, at most. Yeah. That, hey, I'm going to go to Breckenridge because I'm going to DJ a wedding for one of the guys that was on the rowing team with us. And we're all like, wait, what? And Jenny goes, hey, I have a place in Breck. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And she goes, hey, Patty, you're going to be there. Why don't you come up and why don't you drive up a day early and we can all hang out in Breck together. And I was like, well, how did that just happen? Yep. what and Jeff was blown away. So I go tripping back over to Jeff, and I was like, "Okay, you know, I have to go to Breckenridge next month, and um, so now I have a place to stay, and I'm going to go a couple days early." And he's like, "What? <laughs> you were you were ta- you you just talked to them for ten seconds, yep. and all of that happened?" Yep. I was like, "Yeah, that's what our lives have been like. It just comes yeah, together. It just comes together. And it's like, wow. Yeah." So this trip, I know. I Again. said, "Hey, I'm coming to visit um, my aunt, my mom's sister, in Jacksonville." And she goes, "Well, can you stay another day and just drive here?" Yep. So that's what I did. So yep. here I am. Yep. And we're like nothing else happened. I know. I love it. We we um we do go back and forth between here and Colorado because the girls are still still there, and you know we'll take the Dallas route and we call yep. and say. We're gonna hey, park in front. Of, we're gonna park in front of your house, <laughs> and they Buster. have a giant Buster. Buster. <laughs> Buster's hey, gonna be parked in front of the house. Buster. <laughs> Buster is here, and Buster is a huge coach motorhome <laughs> that I think cost one million dollars. Oh, please, no, no, it did not cost one million dollars. But so, you know. It's pretty cool. This is how rumors start. This is how rumors start, especially when you know all three hundred people that listen to my podcast listen. <laughs> They've probably turned it off by now, <laughs> listening to us rambling. Okay, so really what I want to talk about, all of that. So building a life legacy is what this is about, and really it's about telling our stories mm-hmm. that we want to continue on, Yes, which is what we've done today, those stories that, that continue on. And your legacy is, in my belief, and the way I think of your legacy, is how somebody remembers you. Even if you just met at the grocery store and had a conversation while you're in line, that short thing, maybe they won't remember you 10 years from now, but they're going to think of you in 10 minutes. Yes. And then those other um, friendships and relationships that you have that are maybe short term, maybe seasonal, but then have some sort of impact on your life. And that's your legacy. And that's how you build your legacy. So how would you say that you built your legacy to this? Because now you're retired in this beautiful place. Well, I mean, I think my husband and I both are people who are willing to say yes. 
not to the extent that we let people walk on us, mm-hmm. not saying that or take advantage of us. But um, Jim always said yes to new opportunities at work, to new challenges at work. And he moved up the ladder as a result of that. Um, and I, I built, I have probably 15 kids that call me Patty Mom. Mm-hmm. That's my legacy. I built um, a family out of kids in different situations through theater, through cheer that um, these kids are like, you know, you know, my daughters are my daughters, but right. these are my, my extra kids. Sure. And I've, I always have always said, yes, I've got parent who can't, um, can't drive their kid to play practice, but they really want to be in the play. Will you bring them home? You know, I've always been the person that would say yes. Yeah. I know. And I can feed them, you know, I'll get them dinner. And then when you get home from work, whatever, it's just, it's, I'm just the kind of person that is, it's important to me for everyone to have the opportunity that wants to participate in something to participate in something. So I will say yes to people to help make that happen. And um, I think because I moved so much growing up and I wanted to be a part of a group, you know, so I would try the different sports and try things and find friends. I always notice the person that's hanging back or, you know, might be feeling less included and I try to pull them in. And it's it's not necessarily a, a conscious thing. I just find myself doing it. I'm, I always want everyone to be having a good time. I always want everyone to be to feel included and welcome and comfortable. Um, I, I like hosting the holidays at my house because I want everyone to feel comfortable and relaxed. And I want to take care of the details and let them just have a good time. And, um, you know, my husband, I think, is very similar to me in that we are very welcoming, inviting people. And we got that, you know, my parents were like that, uh, obviously, 100 rowing rowers sleeping on their floor right and so i feel like my legacy is one of of um family and inclusion and, and saying yes saying that's, yes that's say a great yes way to put it and just just be open and say yes to things that you you might not have noticed wow and, yeah you know what because as i was on my way here thinking about that i was going to talk to you what did we want to talk about and literally that's one of the traits I was going to talk about about you is you were always one to it wasn't even like a push it was I knew that somebody behind me if I said okay I want to do this you would be right behind me either not doing it with me or cheering me on to do it even if it was something weird or something simple like oh should I go talk to that president of the of the university or should I talk to that one I never felt nervous about approaching somebody or saying yes to a challenge or um trying something new Mm -hmm. because I had that in I had you in my ear saying yes saying yes do it because and it wasn't you know some people say You'll have that fear afterwards or you'll be mad that you didn't do it. And, oh, I should have done that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of instilled that in my kids and they will both tell you, you never want to walk away from an opportunity and say, I wish I would have tried that once. You never want to walk away. You would rather walk away and say, I did it and I don't ever have to do it again. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to try that again, but I... I have always talked to my girls about, um, you know, 
how strong our brain is and how much we can fear something and it can literally stop us from doing something that would be the most fun we'd ever had. Um, My aunt is a case in point. She would never ride a roller coaster. She was terrified of them. She doesn't like elevators, all kind of things. Right. And she was nearing 50 when she finally rolled a roller coaster with me and she's a roller coaster nut now. And she says, I can't believe all that time I missed, missed all those rides I didn't ride. And so I would tell my girls, you know, you might have a little bit of fear. So be afraid and try it anyway. Try it anyway. Try it anyway. And if you hate it, you hate it. But, you know, be safe. Don't do something stupid. Right. Obviously, well, I'm not telling my children to jump off the top of the roof or whatever. But, you know, have that little bit of fear. Yeah. And that just thing in your gut yeah. that makes it. It's that that thing in your stomach where you go. Oh, I'm, I'm so like, I so want to try parasailing. Yes. But, oh, I'm so scared, but it's that, okay, but it looks safe and, and I want to try it because you do not want to turn around and go, I wish I would have. Right. You want to go, God, that was awesome. Or, oh my gosh, I I never want to do that again. (laughs) Never want to do that again. Exactly. So I think... You and I are the same mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, yeah. go for it. Push do, forward and try it. Do it. Yeah. Try it. I mean, obviously, don't be stupid, but right. push forward and try things. And, you know, you just never know. It could be the most fun thing you've ever done. I I, I just really feel like people who... Um, Oh, I don't, I don't do that sort of thing. I, I, that, those words just don't really come out of my mouth because I'm like, well, how do I know I don't do that sort of thing? I haven't ever tried it. I don't ever say, oh, I don't like that kind of food without trying it first. And and I've tried to instill that. I don't like seafood. Yeah, I know you don't like seafood. And you have tried it. And if it swam for a living, you don't want to eat it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Um, You know, there's very few things I won't eat. My saying is, I eat anything that doesn't eat me first um, because I love food and all kinds of food. But there, I will not eat brains. I will not eat Ew, brains. That's gross. Um, but I, I have eaten almost everything, you know, tongue and, you know, kidneys and livers and <laughs> okay. escargot. Liver, we used and, to have to eat that as a kid. Oh. You know, that's one of those foods that our parents fed us that I would never think to make prepare for you to prepare for my children Mm, liver and onions are you kidding me why was that a thing oh it smelled so bad oh gosh Mm -hmm. i know anyway yeah bad yeah so even like if you know jeff my boyfriend he will man you ask a lot of questions that's what he'll say or you just talk to that person uh yeah right because i feel like ted lasso in the i'm inquisitive and I'm I want to know but I'm not judgmental and I'm not going to keep it in my brain but if I keep it in my brain and went oh I wonder what they think about or I wonder that that doesn't work because now I'm putting my thoughts into what they might do or act and instead of just asking I've noticed some people will hesitate to ask somebody like like I said before I'm an I'm an I'm an inclusive person I want to include everybody so I'll say well why don't we see if so-and-so wants to go to dinner with us you know, I don't think in my head, well, they don't really know the rest they of the group. They don't maybe, know they want, the- maybe they don't like that restaurant. Like, I don't want to make a choice for them. No. I'm going to give the choice to them. And I do find people will do that. They'll say, oh, they would never want to do that. Well, yeah. I would never presume to make that choice for somebody. And what's the harm in asking? Exactly. There's just no harm in asking. So 
I just, you know, be open, be willing to say yes, and just include everybody around you. There's just no harm in more. There's no harm in more people being involved. They You're don't right. they don't lessen the experience for you. They don't make it worse. Just the more the merrier. I right. mean, to me, a Disney trip with two people is a blast and a Disney trip with 30 people is a blast. That's just the way I am. I just did an 18, it, there you seven, go. Eight, 16 people and it was a blast. We did, I think, Some 20, things were hard, but it was a blast. I think it was 26 of us for my daughter's, you know, 21st birthday. It's, it's fun. It's hard, but it's fun. And we all have great memories from it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, there's just never harm in including people. There's just never a harm in including somebody. They're not going to take away from the from the experience you make it what it is and right and, and how can you learn about yourself yes and other thoughts ways of life mm-hmm. walks whatever if you don't right i or if I, you don't ask the questions or if you don't include other people right. if you don't go outside your normal circle yes good close friends are important but you know you gotta you gotta reach out. You gotta try new things, and you're never too old to try something new. Never no. too old to try something new. Yeah. Yep. I like your shirt. Age no is excuse. no excuse. It's very true. It's true. So mm-hmm. just like this weekend, <laughs> Jim says, "Hey, um, you're gonna be sharing a room, uh, sort of. They're gonna yeah. come in when you're leaving, because you guys are hosting these two very talented golfers that are on the they're on the um, LPGA, LPGA tour, yeah. tour mm-hmm. and they're going to be staying here for a week. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Stay for They've never met and they're from Thailand. Mm-hmm. Now they both speak. I, cause I just met them beautiful English. I'm even going to have one of them talk for a second on here. Hopefully if my audio is right anyway, so neat because guess what? You're still saying yes. Yes. I will and say it yes. wasn't you. No, that was it, Jim. That was actually my husband, and he probably would tell you that he wasn't so much like that until he, you know, he met me. Uh, he was pretty and shy, and and then he realized, you know, yeah, he's, you he's were the a, one that asked a, him out. I well, yeah, pretty much. Well, kind of. I I approached him. You first. approached him first. You're I right. approached him first. I was I was being pushed a little bit again by a, a fellow sorority sister to yeah. go talk, um, and I do appreciate that. But I did I did speak first and um and he decided that i was okay i was yeah. he was gonna ask me out so you're a keeper I'm, I'm a keeper i guess he's a keeper too but um but he he has both of us in our lives have have grown together and we do say yes to these sorts of things it's like um you know a lot of people would think oh strangers in my house for a week and you know i just want you know i want my privacy and what if my dogs don't like them and whatever you know you can deal with that kind of stuff right you just you just say yes, and you know if it if something doesn't go the way you want it to, then you just don't do you it again. Figure it out, or you figure it you out. Figure it out, or you just don't do it again. You know, you just say, you know what, that didn't work for us so well. We're right. Know, we're not that kind of people. But honestly, I just it's so important to keep your heart and your mind and your eyes open for chances to try things and do new things. We get one shot here. We get That's one right. body, and it's we not, get one chance, and it's not really long, and it's not very long. So just just you know how many days do you want to sit in front of a tv screen when you look back on your life do you want to say wow i spent one third of my life sitting and watching other people live pretend lives on an electronic box yeah you know no that's not what i want to look back and see i want to you know i'm involved in things here in my community i'm in the community talent showcase and we're putting on this big show and i'm practicing a lot 
but that's the life I want. Right. I don't want I don't want to sit and watch television. I don't want to, you know, I do love to read, but I don't want that to be a majority of my time. I want to be mm. out with people, with people and interacting and learning and, and growing. Yes, exactly. And I've met the most wonderful people through this show that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah. I, you know, I would have met my neighbors in close proximity, but now I know people all the way on the other side of the community that yeah. And it's just, and in every age group, I was I've got, say. I've got, you know, near 90 year old friends, women that I absolutely adore and they call me sweetie and I call them honey and <laughs> I just absolutely no, love it. No, they call you the baby. Yeah. They of do. The group. They call me the baby or toddler. They call me the baby <laughs> or the toddler. But I just, I mean, I love this, these relationships. I have, you know, all of my friends that are the same age as me still in my life. Right. But I now have this new layer of these women. Ooh, that I like that word layer. Yes. That they and their children are some of, most of their children are my age. Right. And, and, and it's just a whole nother perspective and when I when I hear them and the things that they're dealing with with their ch- adult children and you know my mother's gone and has been for most of my life now, um, it, it I kind of get a glimpse of what that would have been like to have my mom here and oh, I love yeah. that and I just I love hearing them talk about their grandchildren. I'm not there yet, but I'm close and yeah. I'm almost ready. And it's just it's it's like. You know, I taught taught little kids and I had those friends, uh-huh. you know, I had my mm, kid friends. friends and I taught high school and I had those friends, you know, and these, you know, and I did the cheer, cheer mom thing. And, and I still am very close with all those little girls that call, you know, they're not little anymore. They're my daughter's ages that call me Patty mom. And, and now I have this other, la- it's like a layer cake. I have this yeah. other layer. These are like the frosting. These ladies, yeah, are, they're like, sure. like the gold, gold card. card. They're the they're gold, gold card. card. They're the frosting mm-hmm. on the cake of my life. I, I love every one of them. They're super sweet. I love their insight. They're funny about their husbands. I just, I'm just really they're enjoying my, this. Gold card members of society are my favorite people at Lowe's. They come into Lowe's. Oh yeah. They're my favorite. Yeah. Well, I talk about it with my teacher friends that we are the chain and we're the links because when I was teaching, I taught at the elementary school. The, my listeners have heard me say this for 24 years mm-hmm. and there was people in the stage of life just ahead of me and just behind me mm-hmm. and a couple stages ahead of me and a couple stages behind me by the time I left. And it was like these women they would if we were in college together we were all in the same stage yes yes but then when you're thrown into the workplace now your friends that you're with every day are in a completely different stage of life yes yes you all work together so that's your experience but if you go a tiny step beyond that and learn about their other life outside of your work you're like oh wait they're now my mentors mm-hmm So when I was having a stage of life crisis where I was with my small children, I would ask the ones who had kids that were in middle school. Yeah. And they would relay those stories. And then my stories then soon became the stories of the ones that were behind me. And so it was like we were all holding hands together. Yeah. And the ones in the gold card are pulling us and we're still pulling and we have to keep reaching back yes to make sure that the other one gets through this stage yeah women women we are so powerful i mean just think of 
just even bringing life into this world. Ugh. We're so incredibly powerful. And if we would use our power to support our fellow women, yes, the, you know, and put them on pedestals the way they should be, place them, you know, in a place of honor the way they should be instead of, you know, Being women, petty. women tend to be petty or we tend to, we, we tend to feel like another woman's success takes away from our success. Nuh-uh. And it doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't. But It but paves the way. It, it does. And I feel like if we could come to the realization that lifting up other women and allowing them to shine just makes us shine brighter. Oh, yeah. And, and, if it, and if we can impart that and keep trying to pass that on and allowing women to, to be friends and, and supporters and love each other through all the various things that we're going to go through in our lives. I mean, we're, we're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. True that. Girl power. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. I'm so glad you came on to be my first guest. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, babe. All well. Right. Everyone out there that's listening, I'm so glad you came to listen to Building Your Life Legacy. And Patty and I are going to continue building our legacies yes. together, beside each other, and far apart. Yep. And I hope you go and do that today. Thanks. And go out and build your life legacy. And then share the story.